0: Hey, gearheads, and welcome to GT Garage Talk, a discussion about all things automotive. I am your host, Corey, and on this week's episode, I definitely have a fun one for you. I have a returning guest with her husband to talk about yet another rally that uh, she is participating in, and not only is it a, another rally for her uh, this is another another rally for both of them but it is a husband and wife duo of Andy and Mercedes Lilienthal you may remember Mercedes from our conversation with her not that long ago where she was actually involved in the rebel rally in an all-electric Volkswagen ID4 with all-wheel drive which just added a a whole nother layer of complexity to her journey and her trip with the rebel rally. And now I had the joy of having them both on because coming up this August and September, they will be traversing 5,000 miles in the Pacific Northwest up into Alaska and Canada In the Alcan 5000 rally in a brand new Subaru Outback Wilderness, which if you have followed us on YouTube for any length of time, you know that we had one last year for just a day and absolutely fell in love with that vehicle. Looking forward to getting some seat time in one again sometime soon. Don't know when that will be, but just a truly spectacular vehicle and just a great couple. I'm I'm so excited to share this episode with you. So without further ado, I will get out of the way and we will bring on Andy and Mercedes. Mercedes, welcome back. Andy, welcome uh, to GT Garage Talk. How are y'all?
1: Thank you. Good. Yeah, Doing very Doing all good. All right.
0: We'll just jump right into it. Mercedes, we last spoke with you about your last rally adventure in the Rebel Rally in an electric vehicle which was a journey unto itself. We will put a link in the show notes to her last episode there. But uh, y'all have got another rally coming up together as a a couple that I'm just going to let y'all spill the beans on it because you've been living it and getting ready and preparing for it.
1: Yeah, we are going to do the 2022 Alcan 5000 rally, unlike the 2020 Alcan 5000 winter rally, which we did a couple years ago. This one, uh, we won't have to worry about like freezing to death. No, that'll (laughs) be nice. Whereas the Alcan winter rally went all the way up to the Arctic ocean uh, the route for 2022 is, is a little bit different. Uh, definitely a bit warmer. Okay. And uh, they, they kind of do this like the, the Olympics where every two years is a winter. Every two years is a summer. So 2020 was winter 2022 summer 2024 will be winter again. So. Okay. But it's 5,000 miles uh, approximately. This is always a little over, I think, or it's right. darn close. So, We'll uh, we'll be going uh, about five thousand miles, about fifteen hundred or about thirty uh, percent, fifteen hundred miles, thirty percent of that is going to be dirt and gravel, and we're doing it in a new
0: Subaru Outback Wilderness. So yeah,
2: we're partnering be awesome. with
1: we're partnering with Subaru
2: of America on that.
0: So that is one of the most exciting bits to me because I have sampled that vehicle. It wasn't even a press vehicle loaned to me. It was a vehicle off a dealer lot that they wanted a commercial shot for. And, oh, yeah, why, while y'all have it out there for the commercial, you can review it as well. And oh, cool. uh, did some fun, fast off-roading in it out here at uh, Barnwell Mountain, out here close to me in Gilmer, Texas, and absolutely loved that vehicle. Would buy one. 10 out of 10 would recommend to someone wanting something fun off-roady, but big enough and comfortable enough for the whole family. So y'all are about to like really experience it in all its goodness over 5,000 miles. It sounds like,
2: Oh yeah. I mean, you know, what better way than to do an endurance rally with a brand new car, right? You've, you've got the Subaru Outback Wilderness, you've got 5,000 miles plus you've got 10 days to do it. So yeah, we we're, we're really stoked. We're we're honored to be uh, partnering with them on the rally, we've had a long-standing history with Subaru of America. You know, whether it's reviewing their vehicles or we've owned a few different Subarus, we just took possession on a, a 2022 Crosstrek uh, with yes. a manual transmission. We just took a, like, like our own actual vehicle, our yeah. own actual vehicle, not one that we're reviewing. But so we're Subaru owners again, and uh, yeah, we've we've covered them as far as like David Higgins, Travis Ostrana uh, Bucky Lasek and uh, Subaru Motorsports with Oregon Trail Rally for many years. So. Yeah, lots of different facets for us and Subaru. So we're uh, we're excited to do this.
0: My goodness. Like what a great mixture. Y'all are in, where y'all live in the Pacific Northwest is like high on my bucket list of places to go. And this sounds like a very scenic view of that area. So tell us a little bit about uh, the expected terrain. I know you said about 30% of it is on gravel and dirt, but what are you expecting uh, with this 5,000 mile endurance rally?
1: Lots of mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not.
0: No, no, no. No, they so, all live uh, in my backyard. <laughs> so we've got you covered.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, it is uh, going to start in Kirkland and then we'll go up to Quinnell, British Columbia. We'll go up through places like Telegraph Creek and go up to Whitehorse. And then the farthest north we'll go is actually going to be Dawson City. Previously on the 2020, we would go even farther north. But uh, it's going to go as far north as Dawson City. We're going to cut into Alaska and to Skagway. And then uh, we'll go as far to the east as Yellowknife. And then we're going to finish in Jasper, Alberta, the top of the uh, top of the Icefields Parkway kind of area,
2: and they just got done. The sweeps team just got done pre-running the course to make sure that everything was good for all five thousand plus miles of this massive wow. event. There's a lot. I mean, a lot of people might think, "Oh, if it's mostly pavement, you're going to be fine." Well, when you get up to the roads that remote, and that mm-hmm. that um, you know, up there, shall we say, further up north, they can be in pretty interesting conditions. So there's, we expect a lot of broken pavement. We expect dirt. You know, a, probably a lot of washboards, gravel. This year, it, I think it's going to be a lot rougher of a road.
1: Yeah, they actually say that the the winter one is easier on tires because it's and mostly suspension. snow and ice and slush and that kind of stuff things. right yeah. which is going to be a little yeah. bit more forgiving we're hoping that we won't have too many problems the yokohamas that come on the outback wilderness we've actually uh run those on our own personal vehicles in the past and can attest to the uh to their to their strength. so we're happy about that yeah. but we'll have a full-size spare anyways the the vehicle comes with a full-size spare and like mercedes said there's a whole sweeps team that can that can help out which you you'll never get behind anyway so
2: and we'll also have our tire patch kit from ARB. You know, Thankfully, we haven't needed to use that on any of the events yet, but there's always a first time for everything. So um, long with that full size spare, we're, we're set.
0: So much like your adventure with the Rebel Mercedes, this is going to be essentially a stock vehicle, right? That's one of the reasons why Subaru is partnering with y'all is to show the capabilities of what you can go buy and drive off the lot.
2: Right, exactly. And that's one of the main reasons we wanted to show the the capacity, the capability of it, everything that that vehicle has just bone stock off the the showroom floor, we are going to be partnering with a couple of different companies, though, to add a little bit of that gusto, so to speak. So we're going to be adding a light bar and bracket from rally innovations mounted on that for front auxiliary lights, we're going to have light force lights, which we've run light force for gosh, I don't even know how many vehicle builds. Four, uh, five, six different builds. They're Australian made company, just excellent. They're going to have an OE supply uh basket, rooftop basket, okay. in which we're going to have most likely a jerry can. We might have some storage boxes up on top of there too, but we'll have MaxTrax recovery boards. And I think with MaxTrax, you know, you never know what might happen, right. right? If you slide up into the ditch or if you need to help recover somebody else, if they're stuck on something, you just don't know. And if you're that are remote and, you know, in the wilderness areas, then I think definitely recovery is important. On top of that, we'll have a Factor 55 uh, hitch bracket mount with a shackle in the back for any rear recoveries if needed or pulling anybody else out, um, which we've done in the past. And then also we are going to be using skosh mounts. We have different radio communications um, on the interior. So we're going to be using all different kinds of mounts of theirs, for uh, either the emergency emergency channel, um, our buddy team comms will have like this smaller buddy car system so that nobody's left behind. Right. Uh, and then also smartphone and then the Richter rally app.
0: So you're well covered in uh, technology, communication and connectivity with everyone that's involved, making sure you are progressing with everyone else. Don't get stuck down in a hole down in the woods somewhere, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Ex- exactly. You know, the the cool thing about this vehicle is with all the capability that it has, other than a couple of little things, there's no real modifications needed. You know, it's right. got 260 horsepower. It's got an 18 and a half gallon tank. We'll, we'll likely be able to get over 400 miles of range on that. Yeah, you know, because taking into account the fact that we've got that you know a lot of gravel sections but you know and i think uh, with that too
2: we've got we've got ground clearance too of nine and a half inches so speaking of that yeah, gravel. so you
1: don't have to worry about too much about obstacles or potholes or anything like that you know there are there are people that do this event in classic cars uh you know old mustangs like from the 60s and some other uh classic mini coopers and yeah. and that's awesome yeah. and that's that's hardcore that's pretty awesome we're gonna be we're gonna be like in the lap of luxury in this thing i'll tell you what with with all the ground clearance and you know the nice interior with all the accoutrements and and all that like this is this is going to be cush so yeah well, and
2: especially with this being the wilderness uh edition it's got greater approach angles departure angles and breakover angles than just the regular outback so not only do we have increased ground clearance you know mm-hmm. we've got added approach to part-term breakover. So if we do have to get in a situation where we are off camber or we need to just, you know, really get around some things, if they're, you know, fallen trees or some of you, we'll have that added uh, opportunity.
0: When we had ours, we also had a TRD Pro uh, 4Runner right next to it and it had 9.6 inches of ground clearance. So 0.1 more inches of ground clearance in a dedicated truck-based off-roader. And it was so funny to see the two parked next to one another because the way I likened it was the Outback just looked like he was up on its tiptoes the whole time, but uh, yeah. it was just ready to pounce. It was so much fun out on on the trails and such. So you mentioned y'all just bought a Crosstrek. I did happen to catch that online. Andy, loved your description (laughs) and (laughs) pre-answering of all the questions, uh, getting all the um, stereotypes out of the way. Have y'all, as of this recording, as of this moment, have y'all had any experience with the Outback Wilderness? No.
1: No. No. This will be our first time in an Outback Wilderness, other than, of course, seeing him on the road. Our our previous experience with regards to uh, Subaru, we had a, a Forester for a, a bit at twenty twelve Forester, which yeah, we brand new. Yep. And then we we decided we wanted something fast, so we bought a Wrx in twenty thirteen and had that for a, for a few years, and then uh, and now we're back into the to the Subaru family with the with the Crosstrek. This is the first time, but I, I do know that you know I've read lots of articles and and I'm familiar with Subaru's capability, so. I think it's pretty exciting
2: well and most everybody that we know either from the media end that has taken them off-road or even from the enthusiast owner end they absolutely love them and we're excited to be mm-hmm. able to showcase this vehicle and see what it can do and what some of the challenges may be because no vehicle's perfect right you know no platform's perfect so we're going to be sharing all of those details the nitty-gritty What's, you know? what are the pros, what are the cons, all of that type of stuff after the rally.
0: Well, that is what I am most excited to hear back from y'all on this. I joked about wanting to bring my wife along uh, in a future rally, uh, just saying how y'all handle it and do it. But I, I really am interested in how that vehicle handles because uh, I mentioned the one we had and filmed a review of on our channel was actually loaned to us from a dealer for a commercial shoot. That uh, we were just tacked on at the end. Well, you're already out there. Go ahead and have some fun. And we were incredibly grateful for it. But we also knew this was going to be somebody's car. You know, press rigs serve a, a purpose and live a hard life because people like you and I put them through their paces and see what they're really capable of. So we did hold back a little with our Outback Wilderness, but even still, like, Like you said, everyone that y'all have talked to that has had one or experienced one, I I left with a big smile on my face. I did not expect to have as much fun with that vehicle as I did. And I I think it it was a great first vehicle out of the gate with that wilderness badge because I've also tested the Forester. It's good, but that Outback is really the, the primo one to get. Cool.
1: Yeah, nice. we're look, we're looking forward to it. When we did the, when we did the twenty twenty Alcan in the wintertime, we did it in our personal vehicle, which was a nineteen ninety one Mitsubishi Pajero, which a right hand drive turbo diesel SUV in and, the winter. In the winter, yeah. <laughs> and it has a hundred horsepower and one hundred and seventy foot pounds of torque, and it weighs like forty two hundred pounds or something like that. So. It is glacial. Like we almost got <laughs> passed by the Kinnick Glacier in Alaska. So, um, but it uh, it uh, it was extremely comfortable and whatnot. We had really nice shieldman seats and all this stuff. But rapid, it was not. The idea that we're gonna have like literally 160 more horsepower and all these modern a- amenities is gonna be is gonna
2: be great. Well, it's gonna be a lot more torqueier too. It's got 277 mm-hmm. foot pounds of torque versus what did our Pajera have? 170. Yeah. yeah. So.
0: You're you're not going to know what to do with yourself in this vehicle. No, you are truly being paid.
2: Like the great along with us because it'll <laughs> be like driving a Rolls Royce compared to what we had before. <laughs> exactly. But, but you know, a,
1: vehicle, a vehicle like that is is really, and we discovered this on the 2020 Alcan. A vehicle like a, a Crosstrek or a, in this case, the Wilderness. That sort of vehicle is really the perfect kind of vehicle for these alcan rallies that are long distance they're over over mediocre at best terrain when you're when you're not on the pavement uh and well going faster distances going too faster sure and so we found that the people that had vehicles like the subaru uh forester x there was a, a couple that had a rav4 <laughs> adventure uh, a couple of porsche macans so you get a little bit of ground clearance, right. you get all-wheel drive and decent power. I mean you don't have to have a ton of power, but the ability to to keep up in in some of the snowy, hilly terrain, or in this case it's gonna be, you know, dirt and hills and whatnot. But that ability to maintain steady speeds, especially during the time speed distance challenges, is really uh is really gonna be paramount.
0: Yeah. Uh- I really just cannot wait for your you are living the dream on this one because they know what you are going to be taking it through and they're giving it to you anyway. Plus, you really (laughs) get to test out every bit of capability that they've baked into it. So it's really a, a dream like situation because they they have put their trust in you and your backgrounds and what you have done and said you know what we believe that you can get this vehicle to the end because we've done our part Uh, now it's your turn to do your part which kind of transitions us into your background Uh, mercedes we'll start with you because uh, we've already chatted with you we'll kind of get a a short elevator speech of your background in, in the automotive world
2: gosh my background in the automotive world i am a full-time freelancer so to speak so i've got a couple of different legs of the business that i run primarily half of it or a good portion of it is automotive writing and photography the other half is pr and marketing efforts for automotive related clients you know as i move through branching out and expanding primarily a lot of it is off-roading overlanding vehicle upgrades and updates trail adventures the people behind the builds all that type mm-hmm. of stuff um, but hopefully I'll be able to get into more travel centric things and ancillary segments to be able to just talk about those things, too, because they're so important. I, I myself have been doing this for a little over four years only, but I've always loved cars. i have always been a gearhead. Uh, Andy and I met, actually started dating a little over 22 years ago. And it was on the road, uh, on the way to a car show and lowrider car show in a uh, in Minneapolis um, uh, called Hot Import Nights. It was, it was not a lowrider car was, show, it was an <laughs> no. import tuner a lot, show. A lot of them were lowriders, Nothing, but lowered. Love, in- love
1: lowriders, but it was Hot
2: Import Nights. But so. a lot of them were lowered. But anyways, uh, that being said, is I've always been into cars and yeah. I've always loved cars and just have always driven You know, anything I get my hands on that are all stick shifts, which of course are cr- uh, cross tracks is a six speed manual right now. Mm-hmm. But that being said is I had a career previously before this, which was almost 20 years of commercial interior design and management. You can always switch. You can always do something different. You can always take the skills you've learned and put that towards something new and fresh. And so I'm one of those cases.
0: I, I appreciate your story because I'm I'm smack dab in the middle of that. I left an 11, almost 12 year career as an analyst in the grocery world and said, you know what? I've always loved cars, pandemics going on, all, all, all this fun stuff. Yeah. Let's see what we can do here with the podcast, YouTube channel, do some freelance writing and get out there and really live my passion. And so hearing people from you that have done it just completely switching gears uh, switching lanes in life and, and following a passion gives me inspiration just to keep on chugging uh and to keep well, doing
2: and and i can i can attest to, to your qualification and just your uh content quality that you put out there is is paramount it's just awesome and and you well, know all the awards you. that you've won along the way and you've come a really really far you've come really far in a very short time
0: Well, thank you Uh, again, putting the skills from a nearly 12 year career in a corporate environment analytics, I I lived numbers. So being able to like apply that to something I'm doing and passionate about has really allowed me to, you know, hopefully pull the right level levers, spend the money in the right places and and, and to keep pushing and and doing uh, more so that I can do more and more from there. That's really exciting as far as your off-roading you both have mentioned how two years ago y'all did the winter version of this rally and i've already alluded to the reason we had you on the last time mercedes was uh, doing the rebel rally but that was not your only rebel rally correct
2: correct uh so last year was my most recent rebel rally and that was partnering with volkswagen of america for their all electric all-wheel drive id4 But I was a a privateer in 2018 and I drove my teammates' uh, husband's work and personal truck. Um, So I started that in 2018 and that was right after, literally a few months after I gave up my career and just (laughs) transitioned over to freelance. So not only did I completely switch my life and turned everything upside down, I started really off-road driving and rallying myself. So it's been, what, four years or so in some? And then whenever uh, Andy and I have a chance to get together, I switch from the driver's seat to the navigational seat, and then he drives.
1: I can't read in a car. I just get ill, so I'm <laughs> And
0: driver. he's a really
2: good driver. He's an excellent driver.
0: So uh, funny enough, uh, I found that out today. Uh, if my wife and I do end up following in y'all's footsteps and doing a rally, I was on a media drive just today as we record this for the F-150 Lightning and went out, teamed up with another journalist, and he was driving first, and I had the map in my hands. We're in the city of Grapevine, Texas. Like, there was a loop. There was a paper map in front of me, and I still got us turned around and going the wrong way. So, yes, I, I would be the driver. My wife would be the navigator. I've already figured that one out in my brains.
2: I, th- I think realizing your talents and where your strengths lie is an amazing thing. and then if you can partner that with somebody else that has the exact opposite skills, yes. um, he's he's a great driver. He, I think he's a, a much uh, better driver, a more seasoned and veteran driver as far especially when it comes to off-road uh, ability than I am. But I do have a little bit better of a navigational uh, ability, shall we say. I'll, so. I'll definitely
1: give her that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I would much rather have her be the navigator anyway. She's without a doubt a better navigator than I am. You know, I mean, I, I'm the guy. I'll, I can get to where I'm going as long as I got Google Maps going or something. Right. You know, like that's fine. But yeah, she's definitely a better navigator. Well, and I think the biggest
2: thing for us as a team is is we have a silly thing that we do in front of or before we start any rally or any long trip and it may sound really silly, but we picky swear, you know, all sorts of things, right? Before any vacations, yep.
1: keep it on the road,
2: Compromise. don't hit any animals. Yeah. <laughs> don't hit any don't, baby seals. Don't get any <laughs> don't hit any don't hit anything. Nice. Don't be good to each other. Don't kill each yeah. other. Have
1: fun. You know, all of those it's types just of a, things. It's just this kind of reminder thing it's it is silly but it's this thing that it it is rooted in something and that something is like listen you spend 10 days together on a competition in a steel box, Locked on, in the a steel Al- box. on the alcan 5000 <laughs> yep and your tempers can tempers can can flare especially if you know if she misses a turn turn direction or i take the wrong turn or if I get us stuck or if she gets us lost or whatever, like tempers can flare and that Mm -hmm. pinky swear thing is just this little thing we do to remember, like, listen, we just need to cut each other a little bit of slack here. We're doing this for fun. And, and even if we weren't doing it for fun, you still need to, you still need to cut, cut each other some slack and, And, you know, like, just chill out because getting angry isn't going to help either one of us. And I
2: think if we go in with the attitude of he might get us stuck, I might get us lost, or we will do that (laughs) to each other. And having a safe word, although I don't think we've ever used it. (laughs) But I know some teams that do use a safe word Uh, in case it's just, yeah, in case it's like, all right, all hell is breaking loose or heck is breaking loose. And then they're just like, all right, there's a word and then just cuts it out. And, all right, Or just, you know, if you have to take a second, if you can not talk or listen to music or whatever it may be to diffuse the situation, but talking about those things before you partner together, especially if it's your first couple of times of doing it, things change, right? You just figure out a plan and you can always morph along the way if that doesn't work.
0: Hey, that's genius. You know, it's reframing your brain space, making sure you're on the same right. page. And I totally get it. I, I took a 3,500 mile round trip road trip from east texas to california and back with my wife with my four-year-old son uh, which that was like his biggest trip ever and wow uh coming off of potty training and you know trying to explain okay this is the last like real stop for a while please go no i don't have to go sure enough out in the middle of nowhere (laughs) arizona i gotta go all right. Well, you're going by the side of the road, so <laughs> right. uh, just, just fun stuff like that. So I I appreciate that as a nice hack, even like you said, for long road trips, uh, long adventures, just reframing your your mental mindset before you get in that steel box and head down the road or the path or the trail, wherever you may be going. That, that's a nice trick.
2: Yeah. 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 You know, and especially like Andy alluded to. You know you have a lot of challenges especially when it's time speed distance rallies you know they're all on public roads um they're all at or below speed limits it's not a race mm-hmm. but it's very competitive you have to be on point on route on the correct second or, or you know millisecond if you need to and make sure to not get lost so that that's a lot coming at you at the same
1: time whether you're a driver or a navigator i mean that, and that that goes for whether it's just a, a one of our local Saturday rallies here. Right, know, right. Or if it's a 10-day multi-country, you know, 5, Alcan 5,000 kind of <laughs> deal, you know, just... Staying, trying to trying to stay cool, calm, and collected whenever possible. Because really, I mean, the, the, your best decision making is going to happen when you're in the right frame of mind.
2: And especially if you're husband and wife, you do have to go home to the same home together afterwards. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so you have to just really make sure to love each other enough to, you know, be okay with that. You so know,
1: when I first started talking about wanting to do TSD years and years ago, it, it took us a long time before we did one. But I remember talking to a friend of ours. He said, "Oh no, don't do it with your spouse. Do not do it with your spouse." He says, "I've seen so many people do it; they end up in these horrible arguments, and somebody sleep on the on the couch that night, kind of thing." I said, "Well, I think we, I think we're our communication is good enough that that we'd be able to to hack it, and and we have had our moments where oh, yeah. you know, when on TSD rallies um, or even just in travel in general, where you know, there, you know, we didn't remember the pinky swear. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. So, or you know. One of us cuts the other one some slack and be like, "Okay, you get ten minutes to complain," and they're like, "Okay, we're just gonna keep going here." Yep. Well, and, and
2: one of the other things that we try to remember is is don't meet fire with fire. If one person's really amped up because some jack decided to you know totally cut you off and threw you off the loop and you're this or that or whatever, what have you happen don't meet fire with fire so don't get even that much more upset as a person that's receiving that anger because it's not directed at them necessarily and even if it is so just try to be the bigger person and just meet fire with water and just help kind of squelch all of that that you know angst or anger that might be going on
0: so there you have it relationship and life advice here at gt garage <laughs> talk from you the can also advice. follow us for more recipe ideas
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right shopping tips and hacks uh
0: so Andy, kind of pivoting over towards you now and your background in the automotive space, what is your resume, so to speak?
1: I uh, was able to get a job out of college. My whole my whole deal was I wanted to be in the automotive industry. And my first job out of college, I have a psych degree and a minor in journalism and minor in history. Uh, but I, I needed to get into cars. I, it was my lifelong thing. What, how do I do this? So I ended up uh, at a hobby publication called scale auto magazine that was all about building and collecting model cars so but at that publication i was editing and writing features about not not only just like how to build a a model car but the history pieces behind them you know the ford's grabber colors Mm -hmm. vintage gassers Mm -hmm. you know pickup truck history all kinds of history bits so people who were building these replicas had a source so that was great. After about five years in the industry, uh, in the magazine industry, I, I wanted to, to to move to Oregon because my father was out here, and I, I loved it out in Oregon. And and lo and behold, I was able to get a PR position. So switched sides of the desk hmm. and went to work for Warren Industries. Warren Industries is best known for winches and uh, four-wheel drive hubs.
0: All right.
1: And I got their PR position and. I have, uh, I have, it's where I picked up a love of off-roading and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, vehicle recovery techniques and that kind of thing. And so in 2008, I unfortunately got laid off with lots of other people and I, I went full time freelance and I was consulting and so on and so forth. But I also started my first blog site, which was, which is called subcompact culture at the time, gas prices were going up. Not that anybody knows what that's like. No. And then, uh, the rise of small cars started happening and I always had a small car of some sort. So at the time I, I had a 2007 Toyota, but that's it's lowered than sway bars and all kinds of engine work and all that. stuff. Um, I'd had a Scion XB before that. And so anyway, I, I started this website and lo and behold, I ended up on a, you know, the media's noticed and I ended up, you know, going to media events and appearing on uh, you know, radio shows and, and all kinds of stuff. And so, It was pretty cool, Uh, and then in 2016, um, actually in 2010, I got rehired by Warren and uh, set up their social media program. So and still did their PR, and I'm still at Warren Industries, although I have come and gone a couple of times. So, but I also started uh, in 2016 started uh, another website because I I didn't want to pigeonhole myself as just a small car enthusiast. Like Mm -hmm. I love all kinds of cars and trucks, and so I came up with. Mercedes and I came up with crankshaft culture, which is everything automotive. Right. Our, our tagline is every vehicle is an adventure and we're united by horsepower. Yep. And so it doesn't matter what you drive. We're all really cut from the same stone. We all enjoy motorsports of some sort, you know, whether that's uh, a TSD rally or a stage rally or F1 or or just, in, you know, vintage cars, whatnot. So we started, we started that as an outlet of our own, but, um, I never actually stopped writing i always have, have written for somebody some at some point you know i've, I've written for everybody from dub magazine and peterson's 4 Wheel and off-road to gear junkie the truth about cars uh a whole bunch of other publications as well and uh yeah i've continued continued to do that so
2: and i think you know in addition to andy's job you know he as he just mentioned is is a longtime writer and is off hours. And then I do that full time. So we're, we're kind of the automotive journalist duo. One of the rare husband and wife teams of that.
0: I want to say, thank you, Mercedes. I can definitely see your PR background, uh, just because of the notes that you sent my direction, very thorough, very, uh, insightful to your background. So Andy, you also teach, uh, vehicle recovery classes and things like that which again goes with your work with Warren and in the off-road world
1: yeah I uh, that's true so I do teach vehicle recovery classes I'll be teaching uh, a winching 101 class at uh, the Northwest Overland rally this week and the BC Overland rally next week so we'll be teaching uh, just the ins and outs of the basics of winches, how to select a winch, um, basic techniques, that kind of thing. And then I'll also be teaching a a class on basically what it's like to live with JDM Japanese domestic market vehicles as, as we have three of them right now, Mm -hmm. currently in our possession, bought and paid for. And then, uh, (laughs) I, uh, I've, I've written extensively about JDM cars and the ins and outs of them, including the, uh, Uh, the Delica debacle that's going on in in the state of Maine. So as he's doing
2: all of those rallies for the latter half of June, I'm gonna be actually one of the drivers of a classic car or a vintage car rally that's called the Great Race. So I'll be leaving on Thursday and the race is from Rhode Island to North Dakota. Um, So I'll be one of the female drivers of an all uh, student female team on behalf of the RPM Foundation. Uh so I'm really excited about that. I'm I'm um, gonna be leaving here soon. I've got some of my rally stuff already packed up, but uh you never know where you're gonna find yourself. This is all on road, uh a lot of highways, some interstates, a lot of country roads. But yeah, this'll be let's see, our chariot of choice is gonna be a vehicle. It's a 1966 Mustang Coupe nice. that is loaned to us from the Lemay Auto Museum, America's Auto Museum, uh in Tacoma, Washington. So Uh, Very honored to be a part of that. And then I'll be writing about that uh, with publications on the back end. And and one of them will be for the New York Times.
0: Wow. Yeah, y'all definitely live a very fun, adventurous wildlife. And I I love being able to keep up with y'all through the wonders and joys of social media. Uh, Found y'all on Facebook, but y'all are also uh, Crankshaft Culture. uh, As you mentioned earlier, y'all are on Twitter, Twitter. Facebook there as well. So lots of stuff going on, ways to follow y'all, correct?
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, although I need to do more YouTube stuff. So, uh, and, then, uh, and then our own writing endeavors, different publications.
0: All right, so I'm going to pivot now into a segment that Mercedes is familiar with, but it's called Random Misfire. And it's just to get to learn you a little bit more. Uh Mercedes, I will include you on this. This will kind of be a, a question posed to both of y'all. Uh I've got a long list, so we Mercedes, you may get some of the same ones from last time. You may get some new ones. Uh, that's okay. We'll, we'll have see Andy go this. first. <laughs> and uh just to get to know you a little bit better, figure out your personality a little bit more. Uh but the first question off the bat I ask of everyone do you name your vehicles? Yes. Any fun names of note in your vehicle history? You know, if Mercedes, well, if Mercedes
1: hasn't said them before, uh, our first four wheel drive was a very teal 1995 Suzuki sidekick that initially and eventually got the nickname, the teal terror. <laughs> and, uh, it, uh, we drove that all up and down the Western coast of the United States and part of Canada and, uh, uh so we've had that, and then uh, our first 1990, our first Mitsubishi Delica van was called the Space Tractor, nice. uh, which yeah. was fantastic. And all of our subsequent diesel JDM vehicles have, because they do quite literally sound like tractors, have all gotten a tractor name. So we currently have uh, the Rally Tractor, which is a uh, a 1992 Mitsubishi Pajero. We have the Terra Tractor, which is our 91 Mitsubishi Pajero, and then our current Delica is the Travel Tractor, as it's our cam- off-road camper van. And the uh, our our two thousand and seven Yaris never got a nickname. Yeah, our, that's the only one. Well, our our new Crosstrek hasn't gotten a nickname either. Yeah, because our
2: WRX was Rexy. The forest, the Forester, wasn't anything. No, we didn't have have a name. Uh, The brand new one. Yeah. We only had it for maybe a day.
0: Yeah. We've had it for like literally (laughs) 36 hours. hours, So So,
2: yeah, we don't have a name yet, but that one I'm sure will earn its name.
0: Do you feel as if the Outback Wilderness will earn a name over your (laughs) 5,000 miles? i don't know wilbur no, wilbur wilbur the wilderness i don't know oh,
2: wilbur oh you just coined, i don't know you just coined a new hashtag wilburness uh, Wil Wil. no wilbur the wilderness yeah. it's gonna get its own instagram account, it might maybe. have a few yeah right anyway. it might have a few nicknames Wil- by the time we're done with it
0: yeah i'm sure all positive <laughs> so yeah. oh yeah oh yeah
2: we'll love to see stay tuned on that one
0: okay okay so uh mercedes this goes really well with your upcoming rally uh I definitely already know the answer, but uh, I will allow the conversation to flow from your answer. New or classic?
2: Oh, well, both. <laughs> <laughs> both. I'll let you know after the rally more about classics, but I honestly haven't had a chance to drive very many classic cars. Yeah, uh, But I love the styling. I love the, the stories, the history, and everything with them.
1: I, I think that what's interesting about that, question is you know as we all age and Mm -hmm. as we see that a 30 year old car is not from the 70s anymore yeah Yeah, anyway so i look at my driveway that has a a 91 and a 92 (laughs) and a 94 and a 94 uh those are 30 year old cars almost and that just makes us old well and you know so (laughs) are we considering 90s cars talking yeah.
0: like 50s 60s you know that question hurts my soul a little bit as well so it it's a relative term yeah, <laughs> we'll just yeah,
1: it yeah. i mean we just bought a new car so that's cool right yeah. I, I would have to say I'm, I'm a little bit i i like new cars i i like the the auto review time length of having new cars which is around a week usually mm-hmm. uh you get to experience it but like I'm not even kidding. I mean, uh, the Crosstrek is still a fairly simple vehicle overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, ours doesn't have because it's a manual. Doesn't have eyesight or adaptive adaptive cruise or anything like that. Yet there are still things like it's got Starlink, and I like have yet to even read up on how to use it on this car. I mean, I, I know people that have Starlink that go use it, you know, in the middle of nowhere kind of thing. But like, I I definitely. Getting in a brand new car that's whisper quiet. I mean, people are like, hey, "You think you think a Crosstrek is whisper quiet?" Yes. <laughs> you, I think a Crosstrek is whisper quiet because you should hear the drive, the vehicles that we drive. Otherwise, yes. So, but we're pretty eccentric, though.
2: <laughs> yes, we we are the underdog, oddball vehicle lovers club. Yeah. I guess, or yes. maybe we just formed it. Um, so where we come from. Our perception and our opinion from a very widely different, wildly different perspective than a lot of other people. Absolutely agree. I
0: truly appreciate the collection that y'all are building because prior to interviewing you, Mercedes, I had no idea what some of these vehicles were. I was like, my goodness. (laughs) So, yes, I, I truly appreciate your eclectic oddball collection going on over there.
2: It's kind of like us, right? We're a little bit off the wall and it it seems to work. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. This one seems obvious given the topic that brought us all together, but off-road or on?
1: Oh, well, uh, I'm going to have to say both. I I work in the off-road industry Mm -hmm. and I love off-roading and there's a lot of things that are great about off-roading. I also very much enjoy On-road stuff. I just went go karting with some buddies at at a fast fun track around here, and I I love on-road stuff. I I really do. the The nice thing I used to autocross, and autocross was a lot of fun. But I was a fair weather autocross if it wasn't like 72 and slightly overcast. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to spend my entire day out there picking up cones and getting, you know, paying 50, 60 bucks for three minutes of seat time for the day. Which usually
2: went was like 100 degrees. So then you're sitting or standing in the tarmac, working the track, dying Dying, of heat.
1: And the nice thing about off-roading, especially when you live out on the West Coast, um, you you don't need, you know, you can do it rain or shine. You can, you know... uh, you don't need, there's, you, there's no offered park to pay for. Right. You know, if you go into the, you know, the, the, the forest and stay on the trails and all that stuff clearly, but you should do. Um, but uh, it also, it also for us, I think I probably speak for Mercedes that it, it sort of um, nourishes our, our, or feeds our bit of wanderlust that we yep. have, you know, Mercedes and I met traveling yep, and we met traveling all the way to a car show and, you know, we've always while cars are you know kind of the center of the universe in terms of our interests, uh, travel is also right there. And so you know, we've been to a variety of different countries. We've we've combined off-roading and travel in Iceland when we were there, and and uh, you know we've been to New Zealand in Australia and Australia and you know done the kind of the van life thing there and uh, temporarily, but. But if I, I guess right now, if I have to say something, it would be off-road just because that's what mostly I'm into these days, at the moment. Ask yeah. me again tomorrow.
2: <laughs> I, say, I say ditto. <laughs> and for, for me, it's all about the vehicle mm-hmm. or whatever that has wheels that gets you from point A to point B, but it's the experience that takes you along the way and the people and what you see and, and smell and hear and understand and grow from that's really the, the key for me. So
1: I think I should add a caveat in here too, like, especially the older I get, um, or maybe it's just at this stage in my life. Cause I've, actually, I've always been this way is I, I mean, I am always inherently drawn to vehicles that are practical and can, and can do a variety of things. Like I've had, you know, really low to the ground, sports cars, sporty cars, and, and, and and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they're, they're a lot of fun on perfect pavement and great weather and all that stuff. And, and then, you know, you hit a pothole and you're just like, Oh my God, did I just (laughs) blow a tiger or, you know, did we just bottom out and I I lose the oil pan and having a vehicle that has ground clearance Mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about that is, is really nice. Even, even when we've done some of the TSD rallies in our lowered Toyota, Uh (laughs) it's, it's, it's a lot of fun in the corners, but, there will be bad pavement or there'll be dips and we'll Mm -hmm. bottom out and you're like, oh man. Whereas when you I hope it was just the
2: fender liner that that flew out. (laughs) Yeah, and when
1: you do it in a four wheel drive, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, your cornering isn't gonna be as quick or as fast necessarily, but.
2: Well, and I think that's why the Subaru Outback Wilderness will be quintessentially perfect. Mm -hmm. I mean, this car was born and bred for this type of a rally that we're doing for the Alcan 5000. So, you know, it's got enough ground clearance, but it's got the power where a lot of our Mitsubishis, they just don't have, because they're, you know, about the speed of a tractor, hence why the name.
0: Yeah. I I really am excited to get your feedback on that car after this rally. Cool. Oh, let's see here. Ooh, hand wash or a drive-through car wash.
1: Oh, got that one? (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, this is an interesting one. (laughs) So first of all, we're gonna we're not gonna talk about the cross because we literally just got right. It. But um of the four cars that have been in the driveway for the last several years, I can I couldn't bring it I can I'm... bring I can bring one <laughs> of them through an automatic car wash anyway. So we we do occasionally bring our old Toyota RS through a car wash. Um, but obviously hand washing is 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 preferred. There are those days where here in Oregon you get 13 seconds of sunshine Right. and like I don't, have time to, I don't have time to wash it. I can still get it through an automatic car wash. It at least gets some of the bugs and grime off. Well, the moss. I mean, the moss, you, the, the moss and the mold and
2: mildew out here because mm. everything just grows green if you don't touch it.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, but I'm going to have to say hand and wash. wash. <laughs> in, although st- in stereo. I, although I do partake in the occasional auto wash. Yeah. Uh, hand
0: wash. One of these <laughs> days I'm going to – I've decided I'm going to get my brother on because he is two years older than me. He is the reason, one of the reasons why I'm so into cars. And uh, we'll talk about our experience growing up, constantly washing my mom's car when she got it. And then uh, maybe tease or tell the story of how hand-washing vehicles saved my life or theoretically oh, wow. saved my life. We'll, we'll just... Leave it there. So, for okay. longtime listeners, that's something to watch out for. Uh, when I finally get my brother back on, we will, I I will share the story of how hand washing has supposedly saved my life. We'll we'll, we'll phrase it that way. That's uh, a headline right there. Yes, yes, and that's why I don't want to tell that story while interviewing. I don't want to steal the thunder. Cause like, that's, that's the eye grabber. Like, okay, I've got to hear this. So yeah, I, I, I never want to steal from uh, anyone that I'm interviewing. So I'll interview my brother. <laughs> Let's see here. We've got a lot of road trip uh, questions. So the, this will be appropriate. Y'all are about to spend 5,000 miles in a car together. Favorite road trip snack?
1: Oh, <laughs> that's a well. Okay, for me, off the top of my head, first thing that comes to mind is beef jerky. Beef jerky, yeah. <laughs> I can tell what Mercedes is. Uh,
2: well, the the luxury that I never allow myself the opportunity for, but occasionally have are sweethearts.
1: Oh, okay. It's, it's, yeah, a long thing. Anyway, we've always had sweet tarts in the car. I don't eat them, but Mercedes always, no. it's always been the joke. Like we have to have sweet tarts on the road. Trip.
2: Usually we have protein based stuff though. So a lot of trail mixes uh, with the rally in the winter, they said that we needed to eat more and drink more water than you think that you would be in the Sahara, you know, desert mm-hmm. with a hundred degrees. Because it's so cold and it got so crazy that your body just inherently was losing so much sweat because it was so dry. And we, we had, had, the, heater on, like, right. the, had right. the heater on like all the time. Yeah, the heater on the seat heaters, our awesome Shielman seats had heat seaters or seat heaters. Uh, I and I always, yeah, too. I always say that wrong. Um, but uh, dyslexia. But uh, so we had things like um, individually sized um, peanut butter pouches that you just opened up and you were Mm. able to just squeeze them and mm. eat on the go or, you know, cheese sticks or things like that that are just protein based that were easy enough for you to have and eat while driving and and keep
1: going. So here's a here's a little life hack for any anybody doing the the road trip thing or the or the long distance rally thing there. uh, There's a company out there that makes caffeinated gum called run gum it's actually for like marathon runners so the idea is that you're not drinking lots of water then having to stop to empty the water so it's caffeinated gum and like we would i use some of it on the uh alcan 5000 it was great because you just get enough of a boost in the middle of nowhere and all that it was a, an olympian that
2: uh actually came across it and, and created it so if run gum if you're listening reach out to
0: us well as a runner myself i'm very interested so I, i'm gonna have oh, yeah. to check that one out Let's see here. Five questions in. Number six, two wheels or four?
2: Four. Four.
0: Yeah. That, that one's a very easy no-brainer for me. Like my experience with two wheels involves a pedal and chain in the middle. So that, that's uh, as far as I'll go. Yeah,
1: I, I love motorcycles. I think they're amazing. I think they're beautiful. I, I go to the One Moto Show in Portland, which is an unbelievable motorcycle show. I totally respect it. I'm just into four wheels. Yep.
0: All right. So Mercedes has spent plenty of time in an EV. I don't know, Andy, your experience with EVs, but ICE or EV? I,
1: I think that uh, whether we like it or not, I think that ICE is ICE is on its way out and EVs on its way in, and that's the way it's going to be. And so be it. It's the it's the it'll likely be the evolution of the automobile as we know it mm-hmm. and resistance is futile. So I, I think some of the EV stuff is amazing. Uh, I, I think once the infrastructure gets a little bit better, uh, I think that, you know, once, once we get those 10 minute charge times down yep. to you know go yep. 80 miles or, or excuse me, not to go 80, 80% right. or whatnot, you know, I, I, I look at my phone, you know, when I, when I finally got a phone that, could charge up like eighty percent in twenty minutes or whatever it is. I was like, this is unbelievable, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I I, 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 do love the sound of a of a of a hairy chested V eight <laughs> or a, you know the the whirl of a turbocharger. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I also love the instant torque and the the quiet sound of of an EV. So I, I'm all for progress. So uh, to declare myself one or the other, I, I refuse.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I was gonna say I had to choose both. So easy answer for me,
0: not to plug my own stuff on my own podcast. But uh my experience today in America's number one selling vehicle, gone electric has really, I've sampled a lot of electronic electric vehicles and driving the F 150 lightning today was like, Alright, th- this is going to be the vehicle that does it. Uh, The price point is still a little too high for me. You can get in one for $40,000, but big trucks like that should not move that fast. (laughs) You know, it's
1: funny. I remember years and years ago when we were talking about, like, you know, right when the Nissan Leaf first came out, I remember going to a a, a press event here in Portland for the Nissan Leaf. And I remember saying, you know, once they come out with an electric F-150 is when is when we'll know we'll have, we'll have mainstream EVs because of course, it's the best selling vehicle. Right. right? And so I, I, maybe I'll walk that back a little bit, but, uh, but the idea that now we do have an all electric F-150, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty, pretty big deal. So EVs are, are definitely, uh, again, you know, the, the industry has decided that's the technology that they're going to adapt and go for and go after and sell to yep. and market to the, the public. And uh, I think you better get used to them. And I think they have some, they have some fantastic traits.
0: So, All right. Question number eight here. Do you dance in the car? I can say I am guilty as of today, driving back from Dallas. Uh, I had to turn the tunes up and, and bust a move. But any car dancing or car singing going on in y'all's vehicle?
1: Definitely car singing, uh, less car <laughs> dancing. Listen. It has happened before, and I'm not going to say it won't ever happen again. Usually, though, we
2: we just let the car, the the uh, the car or the road speak to us. Yeah. Almost always when we're whether it's a major trip across the country just to see family or a major rally, most of the times we actually don't listen to anything. We're kind of oddballs yeah. that way.
0: Yeah, uh, I. I am currently driving a Mercedes E 53 with a turbocharged straight six, which sounds good, but I also, you know, had to test out the uh, premium sound system in that one. And when Uptown Funk came on, you know, you just, (laughs) you can't sit still during that song. I don't care how old it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, baby. (laughs) You know what? The fun thing about music is my other passion. And there are times where you're driving through um, a, a really neat locale. and that right song just happens beyond. And it creates this indelible memory. Like I remember listening to this one. It was uh, uh, it's a Scandinavian electronic or whatever electronic music group called Ricks Up. And driving through the mountains in Alaska with that music on, like it's indelible. Like mm-hmm. every time I hear that, yeah. I think of driving through Alaska. And yeah. I, I love that. I love yeah. that 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 time stamp on your life.
2: A lot of the times we'll listen to techno music or acid jazz. That's a little more laid back. Uh, reggae, right? A lot of reggae. Mm-hmm. Reggae, um, of, yeah. yeah. Tawate for yeah. electronic stuff. Yeah, but
1: yeah, mostly mostly electronic music. Reggae, some bluegrass every now and then. I always feel like bluegrass is a good travel, yes. good good, mm-hmm. good travel soundtrack.
0: All right. Well, if y'all have the time, I've got two more questions for y'all yeah. for our Patreon subscribers who support us over there on Patreon. Uh, but before we sign off here on the main episode, I just want to give y'all a chance, uh, to make sure I'll put it in the show notes, but for everyone listening, best ways to find y'all.
1: Yeah. Uh, is our main website. We're also at Facebook.com slash Crankshaft Culture. Instagram slash Crankshaft Culture. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Crankshaft Cult. Mercedes is? Writer with Grit on Twitter. Right. But you
2: can find me at my name uh, pretty much anywhere, Facebook, Instagram. It's Mercedes, like the car, but not named after the car. (laughs) Uh, And then Lilienthal, which is L-I-L-I-E-N. T-H-A-L.
1: <clears throat> we also have a uh, YouTube, YouTube channel that needs more content. So but anyway. Because, <laughs> you know,
2: there's only an, enough hours in the day. Right, and, yes. Yeah. We, we have the, the, the flash and the fun from all these rallies and, and car reviews and all that type of stuff. But there's a lot of long hours behind the scenes of, you know, being on the, the computer and all that type of stuff to make all the magic happen
0: it's the uh, untold story of living that YouTube life or writing life, whatever the case may be. So, well, I want to thank you all so much for joining us this week. Mercedes, thank you for coming back. Very much looking forward to following along with your story. We haven't even said, but uh, this will be going on in August and early September. So if you want to keep up with them and all that they do, go find them on the social medias.
1: Yes, yeah, that's we,
0: exactly when we'll be on the Alcan 5000.
2: And we're starting to actually take uh, parts deliveries now of some of the uh, special items that we will be putting on said Outback Wilderness. So stay tuned. And uh, we're really excited to be part of uh, Super of America's Team Subaru.
0: All right. Well, thank you all very much.
2: Thanks so much for having us on the show. Yeah, thank you.
0: And there you go. Some real life advice on top of everything else going on with Andy and Mercedes. They they are a very busy couple between the two of them. Uh, brought them on to talk about the Alcan 5000 that they're doing at the end of August, beginning of September. And oh yeah, Mercedes is doing a completely different rally in between now and then too. So lots going on there between the two of them. So much fun. So much fun to keep up with their adventures because yes they did just buy a Subaru Crosstrek and I I just got a big kick of how Andy shared the news he made sure to address all the Subaru. Pacific Northwest stereotypes uh, when he did make his announcement of that Subaru Crosstrek. I just applaud him for getting a manual. It's very on brand for the two of them, but I thank them uh, so much for coming on. You can keep up with them. Uh, I will put links to everything. Uh, For them down in the show notes below but uh you can also go to our website and check out this episode there we'll have links there gtgaragetalk.com is where to find me and all that i do and like i said i i will share the links down in the notes uh for this episode to them so thankful for them coming on wish them the best of luck can't can't wait to hear more from the alcan 5000 until next time gearheads bye we we'll